Hello everybody, it's Steve from the Football Stop on what is episode 13 of the Football Stop podcast, which is absolutely mental. Um, today is a really exciting podcast. Uh, thanks in advance. Uh, I was joined by Connor from UK Football Cards on what was very much a, a UK perspective on the hobby, on grading from the UK and Europe, the dynamic that exists between flipping and investing and how things can change over time, which is really interesting to listen to. Um, we also share our thoughts on the Premier League and the upcoming European Championships. So hopefully if you are someone that's jumping into the hobby from the UK or Europe, there's lots of interesting information here for you. If you are someone listening from anywhere else in the world, then welcome. It's amazing to have you listening to me right now. Um, hopefully you can kind of hear some thoughts about what it's like for us in Europe and the UK and also some little bits of information that you might find useful uh, as well. So relax sit back or sit back and relax i should say um hope you enjoy the podcast let's get straight into it so hi everybody welcome to the football stop where today i am joined by connor from uk football cards uh good morning connor uh how are you today morning steve i'm not too bad thanks looking Brilliant. forward to it it's gonna be a good conversation i think me too. Um, we've just had a, a really brief chat and realised that we're both from uh, northeast England, uh, so it's always good to have some someone uh, in a similar position or from a similar position to yourself. So uh, it's great to have you on today. Um, so first question for you is, uh, as always, how have, how come you got involved in football cards, soccer cards? Um, we'll stay towards probably football more today, but you know we're all talking about the same thing. Um, so why and how did you get involved um, in the first place? I think it's a similar story to quite a few people. Um, obviously, we had the furlough at the beginning part of the year, the first furlough. And I was a bit stuck with things to do. So I was just scrolling through um, Instagram, Twitter and stuff like that. And I came across a Gary V, <laughs> Gary V post. He was saying about, I don't think it was soccer cards directly. I think it was just sport cards in general. And then I know nothing, literally nothing about um, basketball or any American foot sport. So I just went, started looking at um, soccer, football cards, whatever you want to call it. And I started following a couple of accounts, but there weren't many accounts back then. I think there was one that I can remember that I first followed was you, Sports Card Tom. And other than that, they're the first two. Like one of the first things that I can remember about it you actually, it might have been your first ever live that you did. You were, I can literally remember it. You were getting <laughs> back from a, you were getting back from a, a walk or something, and you were saying, "I've just started this account, and I'm going to be posting regular content." It was only brief, but that was the sort of first bits of content that I saw. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it was asking questions to you, Sports Card Tom, and people like that, and doing my own research. So that was just how I, how I got into it, and yeah, that's how it led to this. I think it just shows how much the hobby has evolved um, yeah, in general. I'm not saying I'm not saying the one other content creators out, but there was nowhere near as many as what, what, what there oh, is now. It's just it's crazy now, isn't it? It shows how much things yeah. have changed. Um, like across the world, I suppose there are content creators and people talking about soccer cards from all over the world. But um, I think I talked about this uh, recently. I can't remember if it was on video, but just the change in 
like the number of people from the UK in particular that are getting involved and starting to ask questions about it. It's so positive though, but I, I think um, it's important for people like us to try and help them as much as we can, you mm -hmm. know, to not everyone's going to be willing to spend the amount of hours that we've put in to basically build the knowledge from nothing. So if yeah. we can just help people along the way, I think that'll do well for the full hobby in general. I don't think we're going to lose anything. It's just going to benefit us. Yeah. There's nothing we can lose from it. Absolutely. So when you get, when, like I get, I'm guessing you'll probably get more because you do, you're on different platforms and stuff. Mine's basically just Instagram. Um, but I still get a few messages and you get, I'm getting a lot more from people from the UK. Yeah. And I do my best to try and help them out and just give them, not give them investment, like say, oh, buy this player, buy that player, but you should be looking into these sets, learning these sorts of names and stuff like that. And then we'll go off and do their own research and maybe a week or two later, they might message me saying, oh, I'm getting all along all right and stuff like that. So that, 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 that's something that I do like about the hobby, just helping people out. Yeah, and I suppose everyone's kind of like on this journey of like learning about soccer cards really, aren't they? Because, um, yeah. I mean, there are some people that are, so so knowledgeable about the hobby yeah. um, like it's ridiculous and have these amazing collections but i think um i'm always keen to say like like we don't know everything i certainly am still learning like yourself you just said there is <laughs> still learning but it's conversations like this that are, are really helpful hopefully um in kind of like paving the way going forward so do you see yourself as a card collector or a card investor or maybe a combination of the two where would you say you're at, at the moment yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, people don't like the answer, but I came in purely as an investor. Like, I remember some of the first thoughts was like, why well, do I even care about holding a, a, a card? Like, I, I had stickers when I was younger, like everyone from a career, but I had no real like connection with them or like that. And I came in just purely to make money. Yeah. Uh, but I think the more you, you get into it, like a lot of people, you want to, everyone's got a team that they like. Um, everyone's got a certain area that they're interested in and you just sort of gravitate to them and now I've got like I, I want to build a Man United PC but obviously Man United is a popular team so some of the cards aren't very cheap um, but I didn't envisage me having a PC at all it was just yeah. purely to make money but now I've got like Ryan Giggs rookie cards and stuff like that and I want to, I want to slowly build that up but still want to make money that was my main aim Right, okay. um, but I'm going to be using some of the profits to um, buy buy cards that I like. Some of them might not even make me money, but I'm 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 not too bothered about that. Like I just want to have United Legends that that I like. Even Peter Michael, no one likes. No one's going to make money off goalkeepers. Or I think they will. Maybe they will in the future. I don't know. But at the minute, at this time, you don't make money from goalkeepers. Maybe a few of the all-time greats. But I'd just like to have their cards. That's, that's without, um, without the money side, yeah. That's such a an interesting topic, and I, I can't remember if it was yourself that posted that on Twitter yesterday. Um, but I did. I saw somebody else. I think it was somebody else saying that they got involved yeah. as a collector. Uh, sorry, as an investor. And I think I think typically it's probably the younger younger age groups. Um, so as Gary V, you've mentioned you mentioned Gary V earlier um, in conversation that. A lot of people are going from like flipping sneakers to uh, flipping sports cards now. 
And people now are starting, like you've just talked about, are getting involved, trying to make money from it, but then actually kind of like finding a bit of a love within within the hobby because once you have them in hand, you realize that there's a bit more to it than just uh, a quick flip for some cards. And there's like the history of the card, how they look visually, and um, and this kind of like appreciation of, of the artwork for some cards. And actually that they're quite rare. So, I mean, just looking at, at your Instagram, Connor, some of the cards that you've got, obviously you talked about your, your PC, so you've got some like nice A, a and B C George Bests, the uh, Bobby Charlton yeah, yeah. card. Um, so you're some some really nice cards in there, um, which are coming together nicely by the looks of it. So yeah. uh, that's really interesting. So you talked about buying for your personal collection and being focused on Manchester United, which is I think a lot of people yeah. can relate to that. Um, are there any other kind of like eras or types of cards that you're leaning towards as an investor, thinking about your investment side then? Investment side? Um, or collector, whatever you I, want, mate. I think, I think there's um, two ways you can go about it. Like, obviously, you've got the vintage side. Um, that's probably like, well, it definitely is. It's your safest investment. It's probably a more slow growth. Um, but... It's, it's going to be your safest investment going long term, but that just depends on your how much money you've got to initially put into it because or or, or your plan as well. Because if if you're someone who hasn't got a big budget as such, like me, like early on, the cheap cards helped me out. They're a bit more expensive now, um, so you've got. The likes of like Bobby Charlton and stuff like that, they're, they're, they're going to be long-term holds. Or you can go with modern-day stuff like your Prism and stuff like that and look to build a bit of profit from them and then take some of that profit, buy vintage, and then that that's the way that I'm going to try and go. But I think that's a good way a lot of people could go if they don't have a, a massive budget to start with. Maybe start with um, modern and take some of that profit, put it into vintage, and then slowly grow that that way. Because I think it's hard to spend all your money on vintage, especially when you like the cards and the, the daily looking through stuff and not buy anything. Put it in a cupboard and just forget about it. It'll yeah. work. It'll make you money. But it, it's just not as fun for me personally. Right, so that's yeah. why I think there's two ways you can go about it. Right, okay. So um, really interesting question for you is, I suppose, how... I don't know how old you are, Connor, but within your friendship group, are any of your friends kind of starting to get involved or ask questions or are you very much still kind of on your own? Um, I'm 23. Right. I right. actually posted a, a, I posted a couple of things on my um, personal Instagram and a couple of my mates messaged me and was inquisitive about it just because what it was, I posted, do you know from, you're familiar with ComC? Yeah. And then when someone buys something from you, it'll tell you the price that you bought it at and the price that you sold it for. And my idea was, I took a screenshot of that um, just so people could see like that I've made money from cards. And I think that'll be a way to get people in because that's what I want to do. I just want to get people in from yeah. from the UK because the more people that get in, the more chance we have of seeing products in stores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I know for us now, like we appreciate like a Bobby Charlton rookie and stuff like that. But if I posted a Bobby Charlton rookie on my personal Instagram, no one cares. But no, if you post yeah. 
if you post the profits that you make, it, it might get them in, and then they might start to appreciate the cards. So that that was the that was my thought process on that. I've had a few people messaging me on Instagram, but I've had no one in person that speaks to like on a daily basis that that mm. are into it yet. But that's we'll see. Uh, that's interesting. And again, like the idea of uh, that it's the money side of things. I'll bring people a lot of people in initially. I completely I can completely agree with that. Uh, I think that's going to be the people case. Don't, people don't like that, like OG collectors and stuff like that, but it's just going to be how it is. Money, money drives people to, and it's rightly or wrongly, it just does. It's just a fact. Yeah. If people I, see there's money to be made, I think they will come across and then hopefully stay for the collecting as well. Yeah, I think, so I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of like one of the members of a few like vintage groups where you've got a few... A lot of the old boys, I've been in it for a while, kind of picking these cards up for like less than £10, for example. And now yeah. we're seeing um, kind of like Stanley Matthews, Ardaffs going for between 50 and 100, seeing Bobby Charlton, Rookie Self for 500 and Dixie Dean's going for hundreds. And they're kind of yeah. just every day, it's like, which idiots are paying this money for these? And <laughs> like, like maybe they're right. Maybe they're completely right. And they, they probably do have a great understanding of the, the actual population of raw cards like that in the country. Mm-hmm. But then there's also part of me that thinks maybe you're not understanding kind of the potential of a young market coming in and how big the yeah, sneaker market definitely. is and how, how big the influence of somebody like Gary V is in, in the sports yeah. card world. Um, so, yeah, may, maybe that's something to keep an eye on. I think on. It, it, it's only natural for them, though, because if they've been in it 15, 20 years and they're, and they're used to a price of, I don't know, five, £10, like you say, of a certain cards, and then they're now seeing it at hundreds. Yeah. Their initial reaction is, well, this is a bit strange. Is it going to last sort of thing? Yeah. It's just supply and demand. Like you say, we see a lot of people coming in now. So the demand's going, the demand's going up. You know, I think players from big clubs like Manchester United who have got a worldwide fan base, that'll massively help. Yeah. I don't think that gets talked about much, but personally, I think that, that will help. Manchester United, not just because I'm a Manchester United fan, by the way, but... <laughs> <laughs> but they, they are a massive club worldwide obviously you've got Barcelona Real Madrid all them big clubs that are global I think their their fan base can carry um, some cards of players especially um, legends of their clubs yeah yeah and I think you've seen that with I mean George Best and Bobby Charlton for example are kind of like yeah, exactly iconic as it is but having that additional like Manchester United collectability is yeah. big but even going further back than that, players like Billy Meredith, for example, is kind of becoming a really standout card in like the early 20th century. And I think, again, there's part of that is because he was a Manchester United player. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. So um, a big thing I wanted to talk to you about today, because I think it's been quite topical recently. And obviously, with us both being from the UK, we can both kind of offer some thoughts on this uh, now and how it might look going forward is around grading cards uh, slabbing grading whatever you want to call them you'll hear different words uh, used uh, so for anyone that's new to it, obviously this is where you send your cards over to a company in the United States at the moment uh, and they'll grade your card one to ten based on the condition simple as that um, what what are your thoughts on yeah just share, share with us your experience at the moment Connor from from uh, around grading um, well, the turnaround times, especially for PSA, I've only sent one sub, and that's, that's with PSA. I don't know what the turnaround times with 
SGC or Beckett's is like, I don't know if you know, are they backlogged as well? Or? The same 60 to 70 days, but I mean, I've not subbed with SGC before. Uh, we'll kind yeah. of talk about that. But yeah, I, I believe SGC is slightly quicker than, or in fact, it's definitely quicker than PSA. Yeah, but I don't know what the time, like, like the time actually is from subbing. I don't, I sent my sub off. I don't know the exact date, but it was a fair few months ago now. Um, and that was on a 20-day submission, and I still haven't received them yet. So that, that's definitely something that we need to improve on, I think, the, the turnaround times. But they obviously they know that. Everyone knows that we need to improve on that. There's no discount to your prices. It's literally like this service is, is underperforming, but what are you going to do about it? That's mm. what they're saying. And I think the only thing that we can do is maybe test other companies like SGC because there's only so long if you're sending a 20-day sub and it's taking a year they're not discounting they're not they're not doing anything to try and help it's just well this is it we're PSA what else are you going to do yeah <laughs> I don't want to just slag PSA off but at some point something's got to give and there is other grading companies out there um, that people are going to end up trying I've, I've seen on Instagram there's a Oh, I forgot the name of the account, but he's done like a, a massive submission with SGC. Yeah. Um, FC cards. FC, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Off the top of my head, I couldn't think of it. And when you look at the slabs, they're very neat. Like, I, I like the black background. The cards pop out. Um, but with PSA, I really like the label. Mm. <laughs> so it's, I think they're both nice in different ways, but I think, the slow turnaround times are not not they could end up injuring the injuring <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reputation of PSA because another thing if you've got a submission off with PSA and you've got players who you either want for a major tournament which people might not get back or players that you thought was going to hit good form from the fixture run for example I've got two Son cards off that PSA now and if I'd have got him back in the right time he's just did a pair full patch he's been bagging goals for fun um, that would have been a perfect time to sell Yeah. but by the time I get him back you, you're not sure if that player's going to be still in that in that form Yeah. but that, that's, another, that's just another um, topic that I, I think that's not spoken about much but it's a real it's a real thing people's form in, um, manipulate the price yeah, because so, from in the UK, you've got basically, well, you've got all the options, haven't you? So if you wanted to submit to PSA, your options basically are, you can submit direct, I think, but it's pretty expensive, isn't it? Because obviously you've got the costs of actually shipping and insuring yeah. your product, your cards to PSA. You've still got the same delays. And then there's a lot of questions at the moment being asked around customs when the box, when your product comes back in. Uh, yeah. I think you pay customs on the service fee. So all of a sudden it becomes quite an exorbitant amount of money. Um, so in the UK, a lot of people opt for a middle service. So for example, I'm not going to name them because they don't pay me to raise awareness of the brand. <laughs> uh, but there are middleman companies like a lot of people are opting for uh, and going to, and they're seeing huge, huge demand for their services. Um, and, but they're predominantly available for PSA at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. so this is what I've looked at recently because I'm kind of I've got a submission ready to go and I'm like is it am I going to go for PSA where my yeah, you, you 
<laughs> or try something different. Exactly. Or do I go for SGC where I completely agree the the slabs for me look amazing. I think football cards in general look, look amazing. And actually I have more faith in their ability to deal with stickers because that's another issue we're seeing with PSA is that you're waiting yeah. six months to get these stickers back and they're coming back kind of like in worst case scenarios, bent. I've seen so many where people have been like, well, that wasn't there before. There's a crease in it now. Um, or it looks like it's just been kind of like vacuum sealed um, in a bacon roll. I think FC cards described it as it's like <laughs> bacon wrapping. And it just looks horrible. Like the last thing you want is to be submitting a, a sticker worth like a thousand pounds to see it come back looking like that. So there are some real issues at the moment, but ultimately it comes down to finance doesn't it and just at the moment it looks like psa just the more Actually, yeah the, it's just more financially viable for the majority of people uh, again when you start considering how much it costs you to shift uh, straight yeah. to sgc and the cost of insurance again and all that stuff which you want to go with a company that's going to make you the, the most return on your investment that's just how it is um, yeah. i don't know if it's the reliability of the psa and the consistency of they get it pretty spot on most of the time and um, grading cards and i don't know if that's hindered other grading companies at some point you know the condition of the card maybe you'll send it in think it's a 10 and it gets like or you'll send it in and you think it's a an eight and it gets a 10 at one company you want it to be a consistent um grade do you know yeah. A lot of people have been kind of like criti critical of other companies. I think they've kind of put PSA on a pedestal and said, like you've just That's, done, like yeah. PSA have got the label, PSA have are the most consistent grading company and grade well. But then there's that, starting to see examples now where Beckett's arguably a harder to grade, much more tougher than PSA. And yeah. the, the idea that SGC give away like kind of um, easy grades, I mean, the sub that Mark did, so Mark from FC, did you see it where he cracked his Ronaldo? Yeah, the Ronaldo. Yeah. So PSA 5 actually got a P uh, SGC 4, I think. So arguably, mm -hmm. that's an example of SGC actually grading tougher than, than PSA. PSA. So PSA. I suppose, ultimately, people want a higher grade for their card. <laughs> yeah, but, but they don't want it given it for free. You don't want to send a 1 and it get a 10 because at the end of the day you want it to be a true reflection of what it actually is. That, I think that's what people want, and it? it's a true reflection, a consistent yeah. true reflection of what the card is. Absolutely, because you don't want to be putting a card out on the market that, like, I think it's unfair that, like, a, a PSA 9 and an SGC 9, like, they are closing up on the market, but at the moment, people wouldn't be paying the same price. The PSA would still demand a more premium price, yeah. wouldn't it? Um, yeah. So I think that's something really interesting to kind of follow over the next few months and years. Like, will will SGC manage to creep up on on PSA a, a little bit? Who who knows? Um, but what what would you give for a, a grading company in the in Europe? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd, it'd be a dream, wouldn't it? I think obviously it'd take some load off the American service as well. I just don't see why the, the doctor went. Obviously, there's even if you're not looking at cards, stickers, there's tons of them that'll, they'll get, that'll get graded. Surely they've got enough demand to open a, a European company. I don't see why they, they don't. Yeah. Um, it's, I presume it'd mean faster turnaround times for the likes of us as well, which would be great. Definitely. And the only thing I can think, like they must be, like they must be looking at it. They must be. Um, the only thing I can think is that the market 
from Europe has obviously increased so much since COVID. And I just wonder whether they're waiting to see what happens when people, when life oh, goes COVID. back to normality. Yeah. yeah. Is it going to continue? Um, or is it going to just go back to normality whereby opening a grading service in Europe would probably be a terrible move? So I suppose there's two arguments there, but hopefully, I hope it is something they are looking at. I really do. Because uh, one, because like one in the whole of Europe, it's like, it's not like one in every country. We're just asking for one in Europe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Stick it in Berlin or Paris or I yeah. London. If you listen anyway, to this, London. London would be good, um, but I can't see it. I think given Brexit, obviously now, um, I can't see it being in the UK. I think if they did open one, it probably would be uh, mainland Europe, probably Germany or somewhere like that. Um, yeah, I agree. But yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting to see. So, well, final few questions now. Uh, we'll, we're going to kind of migrate towards actual football because I think a lot of people enjoy or hopefully enjoy hearing um, two British or European people talking about something that they've followed for followed since being kids. For life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for, for maybe the American audience that are still kind of like learning about the game and stuff like that, it's interesting hearing different perspectives. So um, my big question or two questions to wrap this up. What are your thoughts on the Premier League this season? Who are your title contenders? And don't be biased being a Man United fan. Try and think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, try and level, think level playing field. And then second one, uh, we'll talk about the Euros. So let's talk Premier League first. What are your thoughts? I think it's a good season. Um, it's a lot. The title race is going to be a lot more interesting than the previous few years. Um, sorry, my dog's jumping up at my window. <laughs> Don't worry about <laughs> it. Get him, get him on, he's fine. So, well, um, we'd like to, we'd, I'd like to welcome our third, uh, our third guest, yeah, our second guest yeah. to the show. <laughs> But sorry about that. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting. But I can't see United winning it, and it hurts me to say as a United fan. But I just don't think the the defensive midfielders are strong enough. I like Scott McTominay, but he's a little bit inconsistent. Um, and Fred, he breaks down a lot of play, but then he gives it straight back to the opposition. So it's like. <laughs> I think we need a, another defensive midfielder to protect the back four. And I like by, um, how Bay is coming and he's doing well. Um, he's a strong centre-back. And I saw a stat the other day since since he's joined. Um, Man United's win percentage is up 10% whenever he starts. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's Bailly, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so bad he can't stay uninjured. I know, yeah. <laughs> but, he adds that um, a bit of pace at the back, doesn't he? Which you don't get yeah. with um, who uh, is it? Uh, uh, Lindelof. And Lindelof, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, getting a bit slow, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit slow. But I think Chelsea will end up doing a little bit better than what they're doing at the minute. I don't think they'll win the league. I think it's Man City's league. I think I think they'll win it just because they're, they're consistent and they've got a good pairing with. Diaz and Stones now. Obviously, they've got Laporte as well. Yeah. But that Stones and um, Ruben Diaz centre back pairing was something that they was lacking. Obviously, they've got Aguero to come back as well. Um, and I just think overall, over the course of the season, they'll probably have enough to to win it. Right. Okay. Um, I think your top four. I'll do a top four prediction. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Man City to win it. I don't know when Van Dijk will come back from his injury. So I 
seen him in training a bit and stuff like that, but I don't know when he'll actually be back. So I'll put United second because I think he's a vital um, part of Liverpool's game. Mm-hmm. Not only defensively, but the passes that he plays as well is, is huge in their attack. So underrated, isn't it? Yeah. People yeah, yeah. don't realise that part of his game, yeah. No, you think of him just as a solid defender, but it is some of his passes over the top to free Sane, um, Salah, Mane, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they go overlooked. But I'll have United second, Liverpool third, and I'm going to go with... Tottenham or Chelsea. But right, okay, yeah. I can't pick between them two, but either yeah. Tottenham or Chelsea for both. Tottenham have um I'm a bit good. I'd love to see Tottenham win it just for Harry Kane. I, I love Harry yeah. Kane and I love Son. Um I'd love to see him win it, but they've just they're starting to get they're starting to do the same thing that they did in the in the year that Leicester won it when they should have won it. Uh, they're just inconsistent, aren't they? They just still they still can't seem to quite grind no, out those no. games where they should win it. Or they throw away like a 2-0 lead. So, yeah, um, don't disagree. I think that's a good top four. So, uh, and such an exciting Premier League season in comparison to the past few where it's just been dominated by either Liverpool or Man City. Especially Um, as a Man United fan. The two teams that you literally won't want to run away with it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And you're you're just sat there and you're thinking, wow, what am I watching? I think... um, the transfer window obviously is open at the moment, and but there's been very few deals, has there? Obviously, a reflection of the the financial yeah, pressure has been put on clubs. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I think usually that would probably drive a lot of sports card prices. So I think when a player moves between a club, then there's there's potential for people to kind of like really hone in on a card if you're quick. Um, yeah. And make some serious profit, but especially if it's a smaller player, a player going from a smaller club to a, a team like Manchester United, like PSG or Real Madrid. Well, or something. I, I actually, I actually did that last year with um, Wilfred Zaha. He never even got the move, but because the room, every transfer season, there's rumours with Zaha leaving, and there is other players. Mm. Just before it started, I bought him, and then the rumours got increasingly louder. And he never even ended up moving, but people bought him off the back of the rumours getting louder. So yeah. that's another way you can you can make money just off off rumours. Players, you know, that get a lot of um, transfer speculation each year. Yeah, exactly. The, the yeah. prices are going to increase. I think as I think that'll happen in in the summer as well. It'll be really interesting to see. Obviously, with the Euros, and we'll move on to the Euros, but staying with that transfer thought, there's the potential for the transfer window to put. Uh, attention on a player but also the European Championships and for somebody like Mbappe who is has been linked to Real Madrid for so long now there's a potential for Mbappe to go to Real Madrid and also be like a, a leading side for the European Championships and like imagine just what would happen if if he was to kind of like win the European Championships and get a move to Real Madrid like if his prices weren't high enough yeah. already um, I know that would be crazy so we will talk about the European Championships now. Uh, we've kind of yep. touched on it there with Mbappe. Uh, who is your... If you had to pick a winner, who would you pick? I don't want to say France because it's obviously the... That, that's the team that everyone's going to say. I quite like the idea that Portugal will be strong in the, in the Euros because obviously they've got the base of the Wolves team. I know they're not doing great this year, but there's... Still, obviously, they've got Ruud Patricio in goal, who's a good keeper. You've got the likes of Moutinho, who's a solid midfielder. Um, 
Ruben Neves, I really like him as a player, and I can see him going to a bigger, like a, a top club, eventually. And to add to the base, you've got obviously Jota, who's now left, but the chemistry they'll have, that'll be, that'll be, that'll work well for him going into the Euros. Because obviously, internationally, it's a lot of clubs from a lot of players from different clubs. It might take them a bit to get that connection, but if you've got four players who know each other play, that can work well for him. Then obviously you've got the talents of Ronaldo, um, João Felix to add to that. Um, Renato Sanchez, he's having a good year. Um, after that World Cup a few years ago, he was deemed to be the next big thing, but and quite happened did, for him. Didn't he go to Swansea? Is that the same one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended and up he going was, to Swansea. He was absolutely, he was so yeah. bad. Like, yeah, absolutely he was bad. terrible. He's, he's revived his career again now in the, in the French League. Um, That's mad. I think they've got a, a obviously the Ruben Diaz Man City centre back. I think Bruno Fernandez. I just think they've got a really good chance. They have, this, yeah. This so, year, yeah. So Portugal against your pick. Obviously Portugal. they're in the, they're in the group of death, aren't they? So they've got France. Yeah. Who else is in that group? I know is it France? Germany. So one of them. France, Germany, Portugal. Yeah. So I mean, you say okay. one will go out, but there's also a chance that they'll finish as third place. Best finisher, um, mm-hmm. which you can see, can't you? But that is a tough group. Like, I'm so glad yeah. England didn't... If England yeah. got put in that, we'd be out. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, interesting. So, Portugal, uh, get your get your pick. And that would be interesting for the soccer cards, obviously, because if they were to win it, um, João Felix, obviously, is getting a lot of attention now. Um, yeah, and especially with um, Atletico Madrid playing so well. They've yeah. only conceded six goals in the league this year. Uh, and I, you don't really, when you think of the Champions League, I think names that come to your head that we think are going to win it this year: Bayern Munich, Man City. They're probably your two strongest. You might have Liverpool in there for a few people, but if you look at Bayern Munich this season, they're still attacking well, scoring loads of goals, but they're leaking a few goals themselves. And I think when they get to the later stages of the Champions League, and you come up against the Man City. I think if they don't sort that out soon, they're ready now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't leak goals in the Champions League, whereas Atletico Madrid, they're not leaking goals at all. I know they got, I think they got beat four nil by Bayern Munich or something. They got hammered by them in the group, but I think that was just one of them games where it can happen to anyone. Nothing goes right. Yeah, it can happen yeah. to anyone. Absolutely, that's interesting. Um, and obviously, that like Jao Felix is this mm-hmm. maybe maybe an opportunity there, but again. The same maybe because it's an expensive card and there's a risk with everything. So yeah, um, as definitely. always, make, people need to make their own decisions and think about um, think about things uh, in great detail rather than rushing. Even in. even watching them, make sure you watch a couple of the games. Um, you can look at all the stats under the sun, but watching them gives, gives me especially that, that that's how I um, like to go about buying a player. If you if you watch them, sometimes you'll watch a game and you'll think someone hasn't played that well, and the stats will say yeah, but they never give the ball away, yeah, because they've played back, yeah, back back every every pass was backwards, you know. Yeah, um, and like thinking about João Felix there, I mean he's been playing well this season, and if you don't watch, if you don't watch him play and don't understand the dynamics exactly, yeah. of the game that Atletico play, still this with under Simeone like such a defensive mm-hmm. team, like. What excites me about Jao Felix is the potential if he did move to a, a more attacking yeah, club. Exactly. And that's why I'm excited to see him play for Portugal, who who do tend to play a slightly more attacking 
style yeah. than uh, Atletico. So yeah, it'd be really interesting 100%. to see what, what he could do. Um, awesome. So this is my last question and then we'll wrap this up there. Um, you've been in the hobby almost probably almost a year now, would you say on Instagram? Yeah, not, not, far, not far off a year, yeah. Because I was on it before I set my UK underscore football card Instagram up. I was already, I was following you and a few others um, on my personal account. So I've been on, I've been in cards a bit longer than my Instagram account. So, right, okay. But coming up a year. So what, not quite there, but not far off. If you had to, um, if, if someone's listening to this and they are completely new to soccer cards and sports cards, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them? What have you learned? Go off your own judgment, especially if, you, if you're from Europe. Um, you'll have a, I'd say you'd have a decent understanding of football. Um, don't go off just what even me is telling you to say to, to, to buy. I try not to tell anyone to buy anything, but I just post what I'm looking into myself and people should go and do their own research off it. Um, I was guilty of doing that at the beginning. I bought a few players who I didn't really believe, but the prices was telling me, well, it must be unreal. <laughs> so <laughs> Who's that? Give us, give us some examples. Um, Neymar. <laughs> I think, obviously, it's a weird one for Neymar because you can't, argue with some of his stats like he's going to be Brazilian's all-time leading scorer um, and you think of some of the names they've had uh, you can't you can't argue against he's a good player but when he gets the ball he, he likes to slow the game right down it's almost to say look at me get the cameras on me you know <laughs> yeah. that, that's how I think he plays and if he just sped it up I, I'd like to see how Pochettino manages him because that, I think that'll be interesting yeah yeah Oh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Poch does. Awesome, Connor. That's really great. Um, so this is uh, your your 30 seconds to promote your account. Where can people find out about you if they uh, if they want to find you? Literally, I, I don't have a YouTube or anything like that. It's just Instagram. It's UK underscore football card. And it's the same on Twitter. I'm more active on my Instagram account. So feel free to give us a message or all like that. Um, but yeah, that, that's literally it. Awesome, guys. Uh, thank you for joining um, joining us today. Uh, definitely go check out Connor's account, uh, UK underscore football cards on Instagram and Twitter. Some great content on there. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Bye-bye. So there we have it, guys. That was episode 13 of the Football Stop podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please remember to leave some feedback, leave a like, uh, leave a good review, basically, because it helps other people find the content and helps the podcast grow, ultimately, which is brilliant. Obviously, that's what we want. That's what I want. Um, not going to lie. That's what I want. Um, obviously, if you enjoyed the content, there's also loads of other ways you can interact with me at the Football Stop. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube. Just search the Football Stop and hopefully I'll come up on one of them and then you'll find the links to everything else. Um, but yeah, thank you again for listening. Uh, I look forward to speaking to everyone again very soon. Bye-bye.